Allow me to introduce myself. My name is The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to whose house? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I'll have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. Wait, I'm ready. Aha, aha, aha. This is the Sportzilla Show. Here's Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Due to Practice and travel. Uh, no GMAC today as we normally have him on Mondays, but that's all right. We'll look forward to the game tomorrow. We will, however, be able to talk to the Heim tomorrow. Well, we're going to have a chance to chat with him. Scoop, good afternoon. Sportzilla show is on the air. Q Sports Talk, Twitch.tv. If everybody wants to take a listen, it's good to see you. How was your weekend? It was a lot of hockey. I watched, what was it, the Rangers and Flyers, and boy, that was a spanking for your Rangers and a bad outing for Lundqvist. He hasn't started in a while. Yeah. See, it always comes back to hockey for me. I'm sorry. That's okay. But that's, that's what I am, man. <laughs> yeah, I watched a, a little bit of a portion of that hockey game. I wasn't happy with it. Uh, Kevin Hayes uh, used to be a Ranger. He played all right. I mean, everybody's listen. This rebuild that they were undertaking is ahead of schedule for the Rangers fans out there. You know this. Shesterkin has proven he's a number one guy moving forward, even though he's recovering from the car accident from a week or so ago. But you're going to have games like this, and everybody was all happy because they had played really well of late over the last few weeks, and then a stinker yesterday. So if you follow along, I get sucked into the Rangers Twitter hell, and it's just hilarious. Everything just falls off a cliff. One game just completely changes the narrative, and it's hilarious. You could be my Red Wings, which have just had a dreadful season. I think it's like 15 wins now or something ridiculous. Yeah. Ouch. You know, you you tease me because of the Golden Girls thing. You've done that in the past a little bit, and I understand that. I understand that. But uh, I saw in some, some notes a little earlier that you had sent me via email uh, you had a note about Judge Judy retiring. I think you're bummed about that. Are you a Judge Judy fan? I just uh, don't get it. I've never gotten I, into Judge I Judy. I do enjoy Judge Judy. I, I don't know the whole story yet. I guess she's got another TV show she's working on. Yeah. But I think she's hysterical. I think she's a riot. She just she cuts through the nonsense like that. And you can't lie your way or talk your way out of anything with her because she smells the the bee, you know, right now. Yeah, I'm smelling it. Well, it's just trying to deflect for a couple minutes as we get started off of the loss yesterday or the loss on Saturday. But hell of a crowd. I mean, you had just about 30,000, just a shade under there as we will never see the dome the same again. And everybody got through that and everybody's seen the meme now of, well, because Tom Brady was there, that's what deflated the dome apparently right after you've all seen that. They juxtaposed the two fully inflated dome. Yeah, that was funny. It was Jimmy actually, Fallon did his part to try to fire everybody up, that's for sure. He was hardcore rooting. Man, he was, it was funny when he was chucking the free throws into the crowd, and then he got up to try to conduct He couldn't band. just sit there, though, and be a dude watching the game because he's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that's what he does. Everybody would have said, what was wrong with Jimmy? I mean, he had to be that goofball that we see on TV every night. 
Mike Vrabel got FaceTimed by Julian Edelman and Tom Brady from the game. That, and we're, we're so up in their business yeah. at the game that we know that. Somebody was, somebody was a couple of rows back and videoing them while they were FaceTiming Mike Vrabel. That was like, I was like, and even Sports Center shared that. Like the Sports Center verified account on social media shared that information. They can't go to a game and just watch a game. Well, the fact is that, that Edelman saying he's coming back, mouthing that to the cameras, has wound up being a bigger story than the game itself. And Tom Brady going, no, he's not. No, he's not. Did you catch that at the very end there? Well, yeah, some say he says, no, he's not. Now there's another report saying that somebody asked him about Bayheim and he said he's got it. You know, everybody says they have the definitive answer of what he said, and then it turns into something else. No, but nobody knows. There are a bunch of guys having fun at the game. It's not anything serious. But we take it like it's life or death, like it is some manifesto that's been issued by Julian Edelman as to the future of Tom Brady's football career. We go way off the deep end with this stuff. Well, you know Edelman's going to bust them on him one way or the other. He's going to have a little fun without their sticking cameras in his face. Everybody's taking pictures. It had to go out that way. I did like that Jimmy Fallon was rooting on the orange, though. That made me, yeah. that made me very happy. Uh, he, of course, has repped Syracuse before. Grew up in Saugerties. He's, he's a New York State guy. We know this. Didn't he have Otto the Orange on the show? Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. So, I mean, it's, I mean, Adam Sandler reps Syracuse all the time. You see Syracuse sweatshirts and memorabilia and references all the time in Adam Sandler movies. But, but, but this whole argument that Jimmy Fallon's visit to Syracuse could possibly be the best thing about the basketball season. Is ridiculous to me. Oh, snap. Not naming names. He followed him on Twitter. Now, wait a minute. 63-55 over Virginia, and you're going to say Jimmy Fallon being at the game is a bigger deal? Best part of the season? Come on. I think Brent's... Come on. You are in love with celebrities. Go work at TMZ or something. Give me a break. I think Brent's going to have to answer on the block at 4 o'clock. Chase chase him around with a camera. Did you get some pictures of him going to and from the bathroom or for a a soda? Good night. Isn't really the the problem is... uh, We beat Virginia. Come on. A trend uh, continued in this game against North Carolina that we've seen... And over the last uh, quite a few games, it's been continuing. Hopefully, uh, they reverse that trend against Boston College. We all know they've got to win the ACC tournament now at this point. But the three-point shooting has not been what it was. Uh, That's been a glaring thing. And once again, it got us again against North Carolina. And suddenly they had their best game all year at three-point shooting North Carolina. Well, some health, and, you know, they've got a good roster. They've had a a historically and uncharacteristically bad season. But of late in the last few games, they've been playing better. This The team as it is, North Carolina as it is right now, is not the team it was for the majority of the season. I mean, they're good. They could beat anybody right now. If well, they play like that. What does Coach always say about the ACC? You've Jeez. got your cream of the crop up top, and then you've got all these other teams in there that really on a- any given night, if they're playing their best game, can beat you. Yeah, it's, it's just it's disappointing. I mean, at about 17 games into the season, 
We're shooting 36, 37% from three, and I think it's down now to like 27%. That's a drop of 10 percentage points. Add that up. That's a lot of, uh, that's just a lot of scoring that you're not getting over the course of a number of games, which has led to where we are now facing the situation, hoping for somehow a miracle happens and maybe we win the ACC tournament, but otherwise looking at the NIT, quite honestly. Yeah, it's, Look, it's funny how all last week, you know, that conversation was going back and forth. Tournament, NIT. Tournament, NIT. We we gave up on the tournament. Then all of a sudden, it's back in the conversation. Well, maybe if we win this weekend and win the rest of our games and win the tournament. You know, it's funny how it's been something that was possible. And then, well, it's probably not going to happen. We've, we've wavered back and forth. But that's... That's because of the history of this program and how spoiled we are and how good this program has been for so many years. And because we know that if Coach Beheim just gets us there, anything can happen. Anything literally can happen. Who's to say that North Carolina couldn't win? No, it's not going to. I don't know about that. I'm, I'm going, you know what? I'm going places. I'm, I'm not going conspiracy theory. I'm just, I'm just going to see what's in front of me. Worry about, like Jim would say, the game tomorrow. We'll just go from there. Let's talk about one of the bright spots of the game against North Carolina, though. Simple fact of the matter is the John Wallace retirement jersey. Been a long time coming. I'm glad he's up there joining some of the greats of the program. It was awesome to see his mom there on the court and, you know, family. Uh, I love the suit that he wore. I thought that was spectacular in the hat. It was so just John Wallace being John Wallace. Nice that he's from the Rochester area. He stayed home. He stayed all four years, which I think was fantastic. Ended up with a Final Four run. Ended up with the Cuses in the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Which will forever live in the lore of Syracuse Orange fans, specifically me. I cannot think of John Wallace, and that doesn't pop in my head at some point. Uh, but, of course, he said to his mom, Mom, he gave birth to a legend. I, I love that attitude. That's that's the attitude that made him great. Isn't that like the perfect combination of humility, mm-hmm. respect for mom, and braggadocio? You know what I mean? It's like, Mom, I love you. He gave birth to a legend. It's like in one breath, it's like, I love you, Mom. And the next breath, it's like, you gave birth to a badass. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what he's saying, you know? I mean, it's great. I love I love the orange shirt, the orange stripes on the navy blue, the orange pocket protector. I mean, it's just, it was fantastic. And the look, we've all seen the picture. I would assume we've all seen the picture now of him hugging his mom as they were raising the jersey up into the rafters. I'm talking about, but that look on yeah. his mom's face is just, she's fighting back the tears right there. And I'm sure they, they came at one point. I didn't catch for sure, but that's just, it's awesome to see. Hanging next to Carmelo's over 309. Yeah, you saw that too. That's just, it's just where it belongs. It really is. I was just so happy for John Wallace. And it's, it's made me reflect and others have reflected on, you, you kind of, time goes by. Great players come in and out of the program. You get these performances. We're prisoners of the moment, as you say, all the time. But it gave a lot of us a chance to look back and reflect and just go through. I touched on it the other day at the end of last week. Uh, There was just a a recapping of, I think it was Mike Waters possibly put it out, of just some of his great performances. And I was like, damn, you remember that game. It's like I remember that game because we, Syracuse Dyer fans, watch all the games and you sit there and go, I remember that game, too. I remember that game, too. And then he's just got a a laundry list of amazing performances over four years. 
Well, you just mentioned prisoner of the moment, and if I may, don't, don't you think if you ask the question that Jimmy Fallon's visit to Syracuse might be the best thing about the basketball season, that you're being a prisoner of the moment, and you've forgotten 84-82 over Notre Dame? Come on, we're being seriously trolled here. We are. It's like clickbait. Come on. Well, we are being trolled. <laughs> he can't honestly believe that. Well, I know he's excited because he got to follow. But I mean, come on. So you're saying um... it's not the biggest moment of this season. I like Jimmy, but come on, the win over Virginia, the win over Notre Dame, those were fun. Yeah. Those that's real fun. Yeah, it's great. He gets up and he conducts the band. He shoots some shots. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. All right, cool. Come on. It's about Syracuse basketball. That's why we go. We don't go because Jimmy Fallon might show up with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. SU, SU lacrosse team's number one in the nation. Just put that out there. I bet you that'll be discussed later. Brent's got a couple questions, a couple things. We give, he covers we give that him, stuff good. We've given him some material. We'll take our first break on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. We have 2020 Central New York RV and Camping Show tickets to give away. We're going to do that a little later in the show. All right. Uh, It's coming up March 5th through Sunday the 8th. That's a Thursday through Sunday at the State Fairgrounds. Nine dealers, 600 models of RVs, a free golf cart giveaway. Tickets are 12 bucks to get in. Uh, Sunday will only be 10 bucks. A little later, we'll give away tickets to that. I don't know. I got a, I got a text from, from my buddy Seth. He says he thinks that Brent's right and yeah, it's a disappointing season. So you need something to distract from it ultimately. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that's because he's in league with Brent. You know, he's not objective at all. If you're going to tell me at a Syracuse basketball season for this season, Jimmy Fallon showing up at the game is bigger than a win over Virginia or Notre Dame. I have just heard the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Oh, well, I got a hot, I like Jimmy. But I got that hot is takes. ridiculous. I got hot takes everywhere and I'm just staying in the middle like Switzerland. I'm neutral. Go watch, go, go watch reruns a late night with Jimmy Fallon then instead of going to the game if you like it that much. All right. All right. All right. Don't, don't bother watching a rerun of the John Wallace halftime ceremony. Don't, don't. Don't bother looking up at that 44 or feel anything wistful or nostalgic. Don't bother. Don't bother. Jimmy Fallon's on your DVD, your DVR, whatever the hell you have at home. So the XFL has been competing with the Combine Scoop. XFL ratings are down, but attendance is up. NFL, the Combine, dominating my social media. XFL, I was way into it. I wasn't sure it was going to happen. I've tried to watch it here and there. I have paid attention to some highlights. I've noticed the Guardians of New York, who I guess is my de facto favorite team right now as I'm getting to know this league like everybody else. They've ended up picking up a couple of wins. They got off to a rough start, but not so much now. But I did notice that P.J. Walker is ridiculous. He's uh, Houston, right? Is he on the Renegades, I believe? Uh, I think he's going to the NFL. I read something where they're they're looking at him. Houston Roughnecks, uh, watch some of his highlights. I mean, how can he not? He is electric on the field. He's going to crack an NFL roster, at least get a look. My Atlanta. They say the ratings have dropped since the first week, but attendance at the games yeah. has, has actually risen week to week. 
And the curious thing is we don't I don't have the ratings numbers for this past weekend yet, but it actually had to go up against coverage of the NFL scouting combine, which is sort of an interesting thing to look at because it's the NFL versus XFL. But I I think the scouting combine stuff is like I'd watch track and field if I want to watch that. Can we have the NFL players throw javelins at each other? You know, throw shot puts at each other. I mean, for crying out loud. What happened in D.C., though? It looked like a good team, and then it's been kind of iffy lately. You can't dissect it like you can the NFL, because I I don't think people are paying attention to it, as we've just established, like they were. I don't think they have the time together to be as cohesive, be as solid of a unit, doing the same things week in, week out, where it's second nature. Look. With the NFL season, they, teams have a hard time doing that. I, I see a lot of up and down, even in the NFL, and I just think with the XFL, it's going to be even more pronounced. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Scoop and rain. I'm not going to. I'm not going to direct you towards another hot take. I want some of the backup that you have. You said you were reading a piece with even more on the XFL, and and why well, why yeah. the interest is waned besides just. I really think it was though. To throw this back at you, I think the NFL Combine distracted. I mean, well, it was a new shiny thing the first week, and but then you've got more stuff. Like I'm not watching it because there's hockey on and there's college basketball on, which I tend to, you know, gravitate to first. I stop there, and, and then I forget to look for the XFL. Now they do have a 9 p.m. game with the Tampa Bay Vipers versus the Los Angeles Wildcats. That'll be on ESPN. So they're curious to see with moving that into sort of a prime time spot. I think that's a little late, but you know that's the pocket right there that they want to be in. Yeah, that's this Sunday. So we'll we'll see how that does on a, on a Sunday night. St. Louis in the XFL East, three and one record, first place. Houston Roughneck next that I just brought up, first place in the XFL West. The Guardians are now two and two. I mean that's crazy. They got a they got a. Let me see. They're home at home. They're two and zero on the road. They're zero and two. One of those teams, crap on the road, real good at home. So I guess we're looking at a five hundred record for them when it's all said and done. I want to get invested in the XFL a little bit more, but I do. I find myself watching it in bits and pieces. I, I don't know if because I, at first I was I love the strategy of Saturday games and Sunday games, so it's spaced out over the course of a weekend. But now I've, I'm starting to wonder. Is the NFL's model of making Sunday football Sunday? I mean, obviously we have the Thursday night games and Monday night football, but you understand what I'm saying the bulk of their games being on a Sunday. Perhaps there's a focus there. Plus, it's the NFL. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Well, and during NFL season, they've got to worry about college football on Saturdays, and the XFL doesn't have to worry about that right, right now. Right. But they've got to worry about college basketball, and I think that takes away from their viewership. Uh, you know, you've got other things like NASCAR taken away from their viewership as well. I think it was a novelty when it came on the first week, made a big splash. I enjoyed it because I didn't want to give up on football yet. But now, you know, we've got pitchers and catchers. we got spring training underway. And I think our collective mindset has kind of moved out of autumn and winter, and well, this is the last day of winter, I think. And we're moving into spring. We're thinking spring. So maybe you're more likely to watch golf. Some people want to watch golf. That was on yesterday. 
I was I was happy to see Alton Robertson uh, with the third fastest time in the forty yard dash amongst D linemen. He was he's participated in the combine. He was training at Ford Sports Performance, same facility as Zaire Franklin had utilized back in twenty eighteen. Also, uh, who was the other? Uh, Kendall Coleman also participated. He, he uh, let's see four nine five in the forty vertical thirty two broad nine six inches. I mean, it was nice to see some Syracuse players out there and trying to keep the dream alive to get to the NFL. There's some guys with a chance, a very good chance. Yeah, we wish him well. I mean, I, the combine is so weird. The it, well, it is. Like the one guy, they, they, they asked the one guy, the one thing he didn't like about himself, and he, he commented on his the size of his manhood. I don't know if you saw that. He said he, if, if there's anything he'd change about himself, he, he, <laughs> he joked that he wished he was bigger. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, and then, then there's a whole conversation about how that is supposed to be uh, private and that's supposed to be kept confidential. And it's, somehow this video has gotten out there. Uh, the NFL Combine is a weird thing. And there's been instances over the years where sometimes the questions they ask, you just go, Why? Why are we asking this question? We had a guy get asked if he would wash a, a veteran's car, and he said no way or some such. You know, those are unusual questions, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's still, I guess, got more t- more attention overall than the XFL. I suppose that's the overall point. Let's take a break right here. Going to come back. The NBA was a lead story on Good Morning America because in the Today Show, uh, it was the Today Show it was as well. Today Show, I saw it. Uh, okay, you got to tell us a little bit more about that. Also, an update on the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. All next, ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. Here's Rain and Scoop. So I don't know if you noticed, but you said it was Today Show. You saw it on. Yeah, yeah. They're leading this off, morning. leading off with LeBron and Zion, of course. It was the, in the opening package, literally. And it's whenever that happens, you know it's crossed over, and it's just hey, it's a game between the Lakers and the Pelicans, no big deal, right? Well, but, it was LeBron versus Zion, the present versus the future. Exactly. So that's kind of where this has gone, and then they got rid of Troy Daniels, so there's a roster spot, and now Dion Waiters. Might get a chance to fill that roster spot. Could it be J.R. Smith? But what was the takeaway that you got? I didn't see it on the Today Show this morning. Well, LeBron gets the win. They uh, The Lakers are winners of the season series for nothing. Uh, you know, they both had their moments, and that was sort of the, the excitement of the whole matchup. But there was a, a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of lead changes. But you got to the end of it, and there was a moment where... LeBron sinks a big shot with about two and a half minutes left, uh, and they they started to 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 take control of the game. The Lakers did. LeBron James another triple double. I mean, it's like this guy's getting triple doubles all the time. Thirty four points, thirteen assists, twelve rebounds. Uh, Zion Williamson, you know, he had more points than LeBron. I think he had 36 or 35, I believe. It's interesting you brought that up. Jeff Van Gundy, my favorite Van Gundy, talking about LeBron being in the MVP discussion. Now, the one case I think that the pro-LeBron voters would have is that the Bucks are historically dominant when Giannis is on the floor. But when he's not on the floor, they're still very, very good. And then you flip that to the Lakers, 
when LeBron's on the floor, they're great. And when he's off the floor, they're not very good at all. And and there you go. That's the, basically the gist of it. It's got a good point. And, you know, LeBron's teams have been that way. It was certainly that way with the, the Cavaliers. I don't know if it was that way so much with the Miami Heat. It was definitely, it was definitely noticeable with the Cavaliers. I, when he wasn't on the court, they just were absolutely not the same team. You didn't even have to deep dive into analytics or numbers to see that. You could just watch and go, okay, this, this is, this isn't good. Get him back on the court or this game is going to get out of control for them. Well, the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis last night. They had Kyle Kuzma in there. And Anthony Davis is the guy that, that should take over when LeBron's not out there. But he wasn't there last night. They didn't have Alex Caruso in the lineup too. And I don't think people realize that he's kind of a glue guy as far as LeBron. And you want to talk analytics. I said it the other day. Look at the numbers with LeBron and Alex Caruso on the court for the Lakers. They're a better basketball team. However, LeBron, one of the takeaways uh, as far as he's concerned post-game after, well, LeBron and Zion, because that's really what the hype was all about, was his connecting with young players. And it's not just with Zion. You see him doing this with others. It's my obligation. It's my job to continue to pass on the game to the guys that's coming in after me. That's just my responsibility. Uh, no one told me to do that. I just feel like it's just my responsibility um, to leave the game in a better place than the one I had it. And when you see the class of guys that's in our league right now, I mentioned, like I mentioned Ja last night, you mentioned Zion tonight, you see Trey Young, you see Luka Doncic, you see Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, you just see all these guys, these young guys. It's, you know, the, the league is in a, in a very good place, and if um, if I'm able to give my wisdom and game, pass it down, no matter what I'm while I'm playing or after I'm playing, uh, you know, I feel like it's my it's, it's my it's my job because the game is just giving me so much as I started playing when I was eight years old. So it's 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 my responsibility, and uh, you know anybody that says that, um, you know. LeBron, why would he do that while he's playing? It's a show and sign of weakness. You know, he's buddy buddy with the guys that he's going against. Um, tell me, kiss my ass. It's not. With a smile, too. With a smile, too. It's not Celtics Pistons anymore. Okay? No. It, it, that's not what it is anymore. It, this is a fraternity. These guys are friends now, they don't hate each other. Like they used to. You, the Today Show showed the little moment at the end of the game. LeBron kind of puts his towel up over his face so you can't read his lips. And he has some words with Zion. And, and they're they're having a moment together. And he's probably telling him, look, you're doing great things. I mean, because it's obvious. You know, Zion has a huge ceiling, a, a fantastic future in front of him. Want to hear what Zion said about playing against LeBron? You know, it definitely it means something because... You know, he's been doing this for 17 years, and his resume speaks for itself. So, you know, for him to say that, you know, holds something. Um, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, he's pretty He's pretty hyped. To, I mean, do the math on that. What was I on three when LeBron started playing? It, it kind of makes sense. It's a big deal for him to play against him. And he's going to have... This game's not nearly going to be as refined as somebody like LeBron or even Carmelo, who we had brought up last week, because Carmelo kind of put a few moves on Zion when they had played against each other. It's to be expected. And I guess that post-game conversation between LeBron and Zion is the first time they've actually had a conversation. I guess they've never called one another or 
texted. I guess that hadn't happened before. you got to wonder if the phone numbers are going to be exchanged somewhere out of the... Well, that might have been part of what was uh, discussed last night. Like, hey, we got to get together in the offseason. Well, let me get a shower and I'll get the uh, phone number from you. You know, because LeBron certainly wouldn't be uh, beneath uh, lobbying for Zion to be his son's teammate someday, you know, or his own teammate. It's not that far off. Basically, the message is that he has an open-door policy. There was some chatter last week when they played for the first time when LeBron, after the game, said, you know what, I never had a chance to meet Zion, never had a chance to talk to him, that that was him trying to throw some shade towards him. It was just the opposite. Uh, He was waiting for an opportunity for Zion to approach him. That happened tonight. And LeBron approaches his whole NBA experience different than guys who came before him. He got criticized early in his career for being the guy finding the open man late in the shot clock rather than shooting it himself. Well, that's worked out over time. He got criticized for going out of Miami to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Well, guess what? That has become the shape of this league. And this continues his kind of player empowerment type of sentiment that he has in his heart when it comes to the game of basketball. He said that the game has given him so much, so of course he would love to provide that wisdom to other guys who want to come seek it. And he said with some choice words, if you have a problem with it, you think I'm too buddy-buddy, come kiss my butt. Dave McMenamin with some comments on that whole situation. The Sports Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. But it kind of makes sense now that J.R. Smith is going to get a workout and get a second chance. When you're one of LeBron's guys, even though when when he was still with Cleveland and that just duh moment that they had in the in the finals against the Warriors, listen, it was one moment in time. You're going to move past it. If J.R. Smith can help and you know be just an accessory to accentuate this roster for the Lakers, if it gives them even the slightest bit of a chance to win an NBA championship when it's all said and done. He's going to give him an opportunity. He's going to go talk to Polinka or whoever and give him that chance. Yeah, but still, though, Dion is there. Dion Waiters is there doing the same thing today. And exactly. You, ne- you never know. You, he, Dion could have a, a very good day there today and wind up being the front runner for that spot. And, and obviously, it's been well documented. I think that, what did he have? Three suspensions this season with Miami alone, but he's now free and clear out of there after the trade and then the buyout. And listen, he's, he can play basketball at a high level. Dion, when he's engaged and A little focused, younger than JR, I believe. A little younger than JR, too. And who's to say that there's not another roster spot at the end of that bench they can't clear out? If both of them show, they might have a little something to contribute and make these teams a little better. JR, at the very least, when he gets hot, is a stre- he's a streaky three-point shooter. But when he gets hot, man, I mean, come on. He can rattle it off in a hurry. He can he can pack on the points in a hurry. You know, Dion can do a lot of things, too. Dion can score, and maybe those are a couple of things that you need when LeBron's not on the court. What if you have a game, as you had said, where AD isn't on the court through the rest of it, and you need some points, you need some quick buckets, you need a guy that can get in there for a few minutes. Those are two players playing with LeBron will accept their role and and probably acquiesce to what they need. In other situations, obviously that's not the case with the Lakers and LeBron, knowing that you're a front runner for a ring scoop. It's clearly an option. I think that's very interesting because both those guys are intriguing options for that team. And I could see them wanting both of them. Before we get to our next break, let's just throw so I don't bury what I had promised in our last segment. Deontay Wilder, 
obviously lost uh, via technical knockout to Tyson Fury. They have scheduled uh, the third fight between these two, July 18th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. I want to see this now. I admit it. I- I'm curious to see how the third one, how it plays out. Are you into it or are you not as interested because of the way the last fight went? Um, I'm curious. Um, boy, they sure got it scheduled quickly, though, didn't they? That that's they obviously hear cash registers ringing. That was obviously pretty lucrative for everybody involved. So let's do it again. And hey, you know it was a decent fight. Um, I I would just prefer they find other guys to fight. First, there's not a lot of options. You know, well, I guess not. I just, you know, they split the purse 50 50 in the second fight, and now they're looking where Fury might might be more like a 60 40 thing. I mean, it makes sense, right? He won, and you want to fight me again? We've already done this twice. You want a third fight? I get a little bit more. You get maybe a little bit less, but I'll give you a chance. I mean, it's going to get a lot of attention, right? Everybody's going to want to be in on this, and we'll get more memes. And we'll get more memes, too, that's for sure. We'll come back. Tim Tebow, uh, something happened to Tim Tebow. Got to tell you about that. A couple other things, Major League Baseball related. Jose Aldove is one of them. He's getting booed. He's clapping back. That's next. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Thursday through Sunday, it's the 2020 CNY RV and Camping Show at the State Fairgrounds. Nine dealers, 600 models are giving away a golf cart. 12 bucks to get in, $10 only on Sunday. And if you are the fifth caller now on the Burdick Toyota Contest Line at 315-437-7644, you are going to win a pair of freebie tickets. All right, Major League Baseball, Vigilante Justice going to happen. Probably not as much as you think though. I think it's going to happen a lot. I think there's going to be brawls because of this. I think you're going to end up seeing suspensions. I hope nobody's throwing anybody's head. I don't want it to come to that. But maybe not as bad as you think. Jessica Mendoza, who's been taken off the broadcast for Sunday Night Baseball, still of course an analyst, had this to say. I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros are the most hit team in baseball as we get past spring and get into the regular season. That wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't surprise me if it does continue. Should it continue? Absolutely not. I don't think it's going to be as big of a storyline. I don't think guys are going to get plunked all the time where it's just gotten to where it's out of hand. But I think there's going to be some pitchers that are like, look, I'm pissed. Like, this is not something that and instead of using my voice or coming out and saying things that like other players, I'm a pitcher and I'm going to back you off my plate and I'm going to, I'm going to show you. And I just, I feel like within and in and around baseball, you talk to a lot of guys and people are mad. And I think that comes out in a variety of different forms. And if people are going to think that that's the way to handle it, I don't agree with it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it continues into the season. What do you think? I, I think they're going to, the 83 and a half over under number Vegas put out. I take the over on that. I really do. There's 162 games. That's one every other game. I think it's more than that when it's all said and done. I think players are mad. I agree with you. And when I think how the commissioner's office is sort of let this happen as it has, sometimes I, you know, the Oliver Stone in me goes, are they trying to make this a wrestling sort of thing? Are they trying to bring in this sort of controversy because they want that kind of 
back and forth buzz and, you know, guys throwing at each other and the bad guy and the good guy, you know, the guy in the white hat, the guy in the black hat, because they've got that now, you know, you've got fans yelling at these guys on the Astros Bringing signs, getting kicked out of the ballpark. It's a lot of that on social media. I mean, it's a lot more like wrestling this year than it ever has been. Which is good. It's going to draw attention to the TV broadcasts and, of course, maybe sell some tickets and get people out to the games. Uh, Yankees fans, though, there's an MRI on Judge's shoulder. They're still they're being a little apprehensive with him. They're still trying to get to the bottom of some shoulder issues. But that's not the biggest concern for the Yankees. Jessica Mendoza I got her back here again with some sound and a comment on the Severino injury being a little bit worse. My level of concern is, I mean, you look at the ERA for this team, and the biggest weakness for the Yankees in, in a great team, 103 wins in the season, is 4.51 ERA. I mean, they were not only middle of the pack, but honestly, like I was looking at the numbers this morning, I mean, 26, 28, 29th in all of baseball and so many starting pitching categories, which I feel like yes, it was it was a topic last year, and of course they get Garrett Cole. Thank goodness, right for the season. But Luis Severino was someone they were counting on um, to not rely just on the acquisition of Cole, but to have an entire starting rotation that could be complete throughout the regular season. So this is a huge blow to me because the biggest weakness for the Yankees um, was that starting rotation. I felt like they, you know, obviously going and getting Cole was going to help a ton, but now that Severino is done for the season, I just, I feel like this is something that's going to be a constant storyline. And then as we look to the trade deadline, something that Brian Cashman is going to have to improve on even in the middle of the season. I think you're going to hear that all season. You need another starter. You need another starter. And there's no rumors out there about Steven Matz from the Mets being a possibility for the New York Yankees scoop. They've got to get another starting pitcher. I agree that is the one thing that definitely needs improvement. They have options everywhere else. I I would say yes, but I don't see this team's pitching falling to the depths that she just described, the 26, 27, 28 in the starting pitcher, uh, various statistical categories. They're going to win 100 games. Because you've got Garrett Cole there. Yeah. You've got this dominant force who was just – unhittable and unbeatable for a massive swath of last season. And I have no reason to believe that that's going to change drastically. I think he's still going to do pretty well. He's obviously got just sick stuff that people can't hit. They have some starting pitching options they did not have last year. We'll start with Jordan Montgomery. Leave it there. There's plenty of time to discuss. I want to leave you today with Tim Tim Tebow, since I had brought up the Mets, falling over his own two feet in shoelace. 0-2 from Gilliam. And Schrock flies one out to left. Tebow toward the line. Stumbles and can't make the catch. Throw comes to second, and Schrock dies in safely. Looked like a routine fly ball, but Tebow lost his footing. And Schrock winds up with a shoelace double. He had it all the way. And he just fell down. I mean, he's under it. There's tripped over his own foot. Oh, look at his shoelace. It's a shoe. It's a shoelace double all the way. Yep. He tripped over his shoelace. He's got to do the loop de loop like SpongeBob said. You're on the block next with Brent Axe, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.